the past uh, few years, I've been driving that school bus, and it keeps me with my touch to the pulse of, of the culture, especially the younger culture. And uh, obviously, I hear a lot of foul language uh, that's just, just overwhelming, just constant, just nobody thinks about it. And then I got thinking about, in our culture today, have you noticed the, the rise in the professions known as professional counselors, mediators, uh, life coaches? Well, obviously, there is a glaring issue uh, in our culture today. Don't you ever talk that way to me. Never! Never! What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. Cool Hand Luke learned the hard way, and so do many of us, of that statement. What we have here is a failure to communicate. We see it in marriages. We see it when we go to a t-ball game. We see it wherever we go. We find people on edge with each other yelling at each other, cursing each other, fussing each other. So I want to introduce us to a word that I made up. Communion cake. It's the combination of two words. The first is obviously the word communion. And communion simply means to receive to, of course, share, to celebrate. And then the word communicate, that was communion, excuse me, and then communicate, I said it wrong. Communicate is to impart knowledge and to transmit information. Well, what's interesting is that as I was thinking about failures of communication and as I could see these two words in my mind and in my spirit of, again, communion to, to give, to receive, and then to communicate, to transmit, to share knowledge. As I looked up the word communicate, do you know that's the very word that you use as you're serving the Eucharist or communion? They actually link together as you're sharing the elements of communion or the Eucharist, you are communicating it. So they really do link together, communion with communicate. So we're going to communicate. This thing all about communications. Over now, the many, many thousands of years that humans have been 
on the planet. There has been this need of communication. There have been these incredible paradigm shifts that's happened along the way. There's been lesser shifts supporting those major shifts. The Bible tells us of a time when man had become so evil in his intent that they had built a tower. Many of you recognize that already now in your Bible study as this Tower of Babel. And so God speaks and says, let us go down and stop them unless they accomplish what they're out to do. And God confused their language. They no longer could communicate to each other like they had. There had been a shift, a division among them. So since that time, of course, as nations have formed and shaped, we have, man has found different ways to be able to articulate and, and communicate information. One of the most major shifts that the world's ever known was the printing press to get information out at a faster pace. The telegraph, they say, was the most demonstrative of the different shifts of speeding up the time. We know another major shift was the telephone. For the young people that are in the house, they know what cell phones are, but even when you as the parents talk about a phone that you had to push the buttons on the wall, they, they don't know what you're talking about. Some of you may go all the way back to leaning up on the wall and turning a crank. <laughs> and then, of course, another major shift of communications is the Internet. And now we're looking at AI, artificial intelligence, continuing to shape, to find ways to communicate. Communication is, of course, a big part of our life and a desperate part of our life. There's different ways, of course, to communicate. How many knows about body language? You know, I'm not afraid of anything. But you let a woman point her finger at me, I'm, I'm, I'm already getting attention. But she puts that other hand on that hip, she's got my attention. I'm officially scared. Body language. We know that the spoken word is one which we use readily. We think of mail where we still actually put a stamp on something and send it. But before that was carrier pigeons, paintings in caves, smoke signals. We go on and we realize there's still written pictures, there's pictures of self, there are flares that are used to send communication. We know of two-way radios. What about Braille? What about sign language and Morse code? 
all these different things showing the interest, the willingness, the desperation, and all the above and more of communication, the need of communication. But what about communicate? This thing that God speaks to us about. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1. And we'll see God's willingness as well to speak. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power, the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I've read, of course, humorous stories along the way. One that I read a long time ago, it may seem a little corny, but it gets the point across as a young man made his way to a lumber yard and he walked up to one of the attendants on the lot and he said, I would like to have some four by twos. And the attendant on the lot says, do you mean two by fours? And the young man, being so ignorant, said, I, I don't know, give me a minute. And the attendant watched him walk back to the truck and talk to some other people, took a few moments, came back, said, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we need is two befores. So the attendant said, okay, then I need to know how long you need them. And the young man, once again, uh, I'll get back with you about that. And he went back to the truck and he talked a little bit longer and he came back and said, uh, we need them for a long time because we're building a house. <laughs> Communion. Communicate. God understands that need of us to communicate one to another, but what about communion and communication with him? We see God's willingness that long ago as already the writer to the Hebrews was sharing that God has used the spoken word through the prophetic voice. But then Jesus came among us, God came among us and communicated. And then the Bible declares that he sat down. In other words, there's another shift, another paradigm shift. Jesus came among us, tabernacled among us, but we know that he finished his work. He declared that from the cross. And then, of course, ascended into the heavenlies. And he leaves a message with his disciples. Through the scriptures, we have John chapter 7, verse 39, tells us that in all of this, Jesus is talking to us and said, from our heart, that we could experience rivers of living water. And he said, of course, I'm speaking of the Spirit's work in our life. Well, he went on in John 14, 16 to 17, says, and I'm going to send another helper. And that word another means just like me. I'm going to send this another helper 
And he said, and you will receive this other helper in your life. And understand that this helper won't only be with you like I've been with you, but with this shift, he'll now be in you. Well, we, we hear these scriptures, but we've got to understand why God's doing this. John 15, 26 says, And when that helper comes that I will send, he will witness of me. So it isn't this phenomenon that can happen to us. And it's like, I have no idea what's happened. He's bearing witness. This communication. Offering communion together. He goes on. And then we realize in Acts 1 and 5, he, Jesus once again declares, you understand about baptism and you've witnessed it in water baptism with John, but there's another baptism. And in this baptism, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And of course, Acts 1 and 8, and when that happens, you'll receive power. And in that power of the Holy Spirit, you will now be my witnesses. So we see this communication. We see this shifting. We see Jesus' role. We see him being seated in the heavenlies. And he said, but I'm going to send another helper. And when he comes, he'll bear witness of me. It won't be a different message. And in that, then you become the focus. And you will receive power as this shift happens. And you will be witnesses now. Again, heaven knowing the need of communication upon the earth. That we are to transmit the good news of the gospel. That we are to share the goodness of God. So we know that in communications for us as believers, as Christians... The first word that ought to come to our mind is prayer itself. To know that it is just that. It is communication. God didn't leave us in position where we could not talk to him. And where he couldn't communicate to us and have communion, Kate, relationship. To where it's not just the ordinary conversation going on. There is this co-union, communion with God himself. Not leaving us alone. I won't leave you alone. I'm sending another who now won't only just be with you. Jesus is telling these first century believers they, they got it. They knew that Jesus walked in the flesh with them. And that if he walked a mile away from them, they were separated from him. But there's coming this promise of the Spirit that now goes with us wherever we go. Because he not only will be with us, but in us. How many knows today greater is he that's in you? This communication, this communion with God through prayer. How many has learned to define a listening ear in prayer? To witness God speaking to us. How many has witnessed, and, and, and you're witnessing to somebody else that hasn't experienced yet, actually reading God's word 
And in that, it's like, oh my goodness, it's speaking to directly to me right now what I'm going through. I just thought I would be reading a devotion, but it's speaking to me. You see, that's that communion, Kate. It is that communication that God has for his people. How many knows his word is alive and it's living? To know that it isn't just the exercise, and yes, humanly speaking, at times we struggle. I don't feel like reading my Bible today. Anybody ever been there? Raise the other hand as well. But I, I want to hear from him. I, I need to hear from him. How many has ever had a human relationship where you know you need to talk to somebody, but you're just not in the mood? But you need to talk to them. And finally, when that happens, if it's handled correctly, oh, I'm glad we had this time together. If the other one doesn't have any sense at the time and say, see, I told you we should have talked. Don't do that at that time. Just enjoy the fact that communication happened. Knowledge was expressed and shared. Again, this thing of prayer, but now we got to go to Acts 2 and understand this promise of the Spirit being given has had its outpouring. And on the day of Pentecost, they were gathered in one place and there was this sound as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house and those first believers of course the cloven tongues of fire appears speaking to that generation fire had always communicated the presence of God but it wasn't just that and they began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance we know Paul goes on later and we know in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter of the Bible, he starts off because we've all, where we have chapters and verse helps us to memorize and identify. The conversation's already been going on from chapter 12, as we have it today, of gifts of the Spirit. And right then he says, but I need to make something clear, though I speak of the tongues of men and of angels, and I don't do it in love, it doesn't have any effect. It's like a gong. We hear that differential of tongues of men and tongues of angels. Look what's happening in the spirit realm, in other words. It was God who confused the languages, but it is the spirit that is uniting even though there are still tongues of men operational. Can I hear an amen? That privilege. But you've got to start off before you get into the corporate need of message and tongues, interpretation, the prophetic, to realize what it does for you, the believer. How many experiences have you had in life where because you were going into a role and you didn't feel like you were known, that you were invisible, that you weren't that important, but because you were associated with somebody else, it allowed you the privilege of the door being opened, the red carpet being rolled out. At any time for the believer, we've got to realize we can come boldly into the very throne room of God because of the relationship that we have with our elder brother, Jesus Christ. And in this, we understand now this whole purpose of this outpouring isn't just to communicate to the world, but it also speaks to us, doesn't it? Because we realize, again, the benefits 
It's Paul again writing, Romans chapter 8 tells us that there are times in that prayer mode that the Holy Spirit begins to speak in us, doesn't he? With groanings, with utterings. How many, how many has experienced a time of prayer where it's so deep that you've run out of your native tongue language and the Spirit takes over? The world doesn't have this. Look what God is doing again, breaking it down. Oh my gosh, it's about communication. At one time, as Adam and Eve walked with God, they had the privilege of side-by-side -side communication with God. But how many knows as the Holy Spirit, the, the other helper that comes, he's also known as the paraclete. In other words, who comes alongside. Oh my goodness, look what God is doing for the believer. We're not going this thing alone. So in this, the privilege of knowing of that privilege going on, the, these utterances. And the Bible actually uses this word that he intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Well, we're right back to the beginning of this message. We've got a mediator. The Holy Spirit in us communicating to that throne room. But guess what else is going on in that throne room? Jesus is still sitting down beside the Father who is the mediator between God and man. And now we see this role of communication that starts off with you, little old you, in your prayer closet. But all of heaven knows about your situation now. Woo, come on, somebody. And tongues themselves. Oh, man. Pastor, do you really believe in tongues? That would be a yes. Paul writes and he said, hey, listen, I have to give some order to your corporate settings, but understand this, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. See, he was Southern, by the way. <laughs> Just a thought. But don't miss what 1 Corinthians 14 says about those tongues, even though in the corporate setting there needs to be interpretation. It brings out the truth because the one who speaks in tongues is being built up, being edified. How many know sometimes you need help? And you need help of the Spirit. And to know that God cares that much. We talk about Jesus dying on the cross. Thank God for that. But to understand the complete work of knowing that in our human frailties, in our desperations, in our loneliness, that God says, I'm not going to let you go this thing alone. There's a form of communication, praying in the Spirit, praying with its understanding, singing in the Spirit, singing with understanding. Understand this is given to the believer to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to understand the building up. Jude chapter one, of course, there's only one chapter. I want you to turn there with me. Man, if you don't think this wasn't a direct email today on this date. Jude, verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you in the last time. How many believes we're living in the last time? There will be scoffers. 
following their own, oh, this speaks to us, ungodly passions. How many knows we live in a pagan society today? That's the only word I know how to describe where we are now. We've turned into Rome of yesteryear. Sensual, licentious, promoting it, glorifying it. Look what it says. The last time there'll be scoffers following their own ungodly passions, it is these who cause divisions. Oh, are we seeing any of that happen? Worldly people because they're devoid of the Spirit. Now get ready to shout. But you, beloved. Somebody said he's talking to me. How many knows you're the beloved? But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Ooh, somebody give the Lord a shout. Stand, me, stand with me, will you?